Starcourt Study Hall episodes contain spoilers for all seasons of Stranger Things. Episodes may also contain graphic content and language not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts unless otherwise stated, and all content and characters are property of Netflix and the Duffer Brothers. I'm Marina. And I'm Amanda. And this this is Starcourt Study Hall. So I would like to start off today's episode with a moment of silence because when this episode is released, Halloween will be over. Aw. So just a moment of silence for Halloween. Goodbye, Halloween. We'll Goodbye. see you soon. And I also would like to take a moment of silence for season one because this is the last chapter in season one, which is wild. I don't know how we got here. I remember the day that we recorded our first episodes and we were like, what's going on? And now we're recording chapter eight, the upside down. I know. It feels like not that long ago, this was just an idea. Yes. And here we are. Just a twinkle. (laughs) So yeah, today we're going to be talking about the final chapter of season one of Stranger Things, chapter eight. The Upside Down. So a little bit of a summary. We just want to check on when it aired. That's really important. And who wrote it. Okay, so this is written by, chapter 8 is written by Paul Dichter. I found like six different pronunciations of this name and I settled (laughs) on Dichter. I'm sorry if it's incorrect. And it aired on July 15th, 2016. That is the last time we will be saying that. Here's a little summary. Brenner holds Hopper and Joyce for questioning while the boys wait with Eleven in the middle school gym. Back at Will's, Nancy and Jonathan prepare for battle and a panicked Steve suffers from really poor timing. After striking a deal, Hop and Joyce are released from Brenner's interrogation and their rescue mission for Will commences while the kids fight off Hawkins Lab agents and the Demogorgon at Hawkins Middle. Ooh. No, it's a doozy. It is a doozy. (laughs) You all better buckle in because we've already established like for the last 12 hours, this is going to be a long one. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So here's our fast facts for chapter eight, the upside down. And there were a lot of little facts about this chapter online. I found like a ton. So I really condensed it. It doesn't look like I did, but I promise you I did. (laughs) First off, this chapter won an Emmy for outstanding sound editing. Wow. So that's cool. And if you recall, if you've, if you've stuck it out throughout the entire season one or so of this podcast, you will recall that we might have said that we were going to do an L word count. And eventually we just stopped counting and we decided we would do it cumulatively at the end of season one. Well, IMDb and a Reddit user actually came in clutch with this one. L has 42 lines in the entirety of season one. And she says 246 words, a lot of which are probably the same word. Mm -hmm. right like no that kind of thing and one step further 29 percent of her words were said in chapter seven the bathtub i it was probably because of that one sentence she says just hold on a little longer your mom is coming that's so many words i know that's 29 percent right there how did she manage all of those words (laughs) 
Don't know. The other thing that I found was that a lot of a lot of inspo or inspiration went into this episode. So Nancy and Jonathan setting up the traps for the Demogorgon is very reminiscent of Nancy setting traps for Freddy in the original Nightmare on Elm Street. And then this one I found and I was like, oh, that's fun. So the chase that takes place in the school when the kids are running away from Brenner and his little, you know, gaggle is actually really similar to the scene in The Breakfast Club when the kids are running away from the vice principal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of fun. And then I feel like a bad um, Stranger Things fan, but I've never seen Alien ever, and I know that it was heavy inspiration. But when Joyce and Hopper are kind of navigating the Upside Down in search of Will, the scene is meant to parallel the film Alien, which came out in 1979. Hmm. I've also never seen it. Okay, a funny continuity error. This is this is great. So in chapter 7, Dustin calls Mr. Clark at 10 p.m. However, when Elle disintegrates the Demogorgon at the end of chapter 8, the clock behind her reads 10.03 p.m. <laughs> Which means everything from Dustin calling Mr. Clark to Elle disintegrating Mr. Gorgon occurred in three minutes. <laughs> that is amazing. Wow. So much and it is accurate. Happened. I Yes. Like, I was watching the scene of her, you know, disintegrating the Demogorgon, and I was like, that clock says 10.03. <laughs> Let's just go with it was is a school clock, and they just never change the batteries. You know, like, when you were in school, and every time the teacher turned on the projector, it'd be like, please, for the love of God, clean the filter. Please. Yes. It's please. just one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You just don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Last fast fact, I promise. The periodic table in the scene in the school, like, in the science classroom has elements on it that were not yet discovered in 1983. <laughs> One of them is Livermorium, which was not discovered until 2000, and it was not named until 2012. They took 12 years to name this thing, and they chose Livermorium? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Who knows what goes into naming elements? <laughs> All right. Well, without further ado, let's get right into a scene breakdown, because <sighs> there's no time to waste here. <laughs> I can't, I don't even know what's going to happen when we get to season four. <laughs> I know, seriously. All right, so we open on Hawkins National Lab with Marty B, of course, interrogating an enraged Joyce who wants retribution for the faking of Will's death. Hopper is repeatedly tasered and interrogated by Connie and two randos who threaten to kill him and make it look like a drug overdose. He tries to make a deal for their freedom to venture into the Upside Down and to find Will in exchange for forgetting about the lab's illegal activities. So first things first, I did say this before we recorded and I tried not to, but I couldn't help myself. The opening shot of this chapter where we get like the pan down from this night sky to Hawkins lab is the Mm -hmm. exact same opening shot in The Vanishing of Will Byers. I love that. It is identical. That's so cool. Like it, it really took me until you pointed it out to notice, but it really is. Yeah, it is just the same B-roll. The same, just go watch the very the very first moment of Vanishing of Will Byers and go watch the very first moment of The Upside Down and you will see it is the same. Cool. Yep. So here when Marty is uh, interrogating Joyce when he finally comes in, he's like leaning over the table with his hands on the chair and you can't see his head in the foreground, but you can see all of him in the two-way mirror behind mm. them. And I thought that that was a really cool shot, and it kind of reminded me of season four with that two-way glass. Yeah, part of me was wondering watching this scene in this interrogation room with the two-way mirror if it was off the rainbow room, because that room was the two-way mirror room. And I'm sure there's many in the building, but yeah. 
Joyce is way scarier here than Brenner is, <laughs> hands down. Like, I was intimidated by Joyce here. <laughs> I actually wrote, I was waiting for Joyce to spit on Brenner in this yeah. scene. Yes, I wouldn't have been surprised. She was kind of scary like she was not taking no for an answer she saw right through his nonsense Mm -hmm. yeah amazing yeah she she did and she she absolutely wrecked him she was like we buried like my son we had a funeral and you want me to help you like what is wrong with you so good i wonder what he was thinking brenner yeah do you think he felt remorse no all right just checking in (laughs) i don't think so okay yeah all right i mean the other thing too is brenner says that six people have been taken this week so i feel compelled to do one final head count here okay okay i just i don't know why i feel like we need to do this so so will is one Mm -hmm. right barb is two yep two hunters Mm-hmm. Named Dale and Henry, supposedly. Hmm, okay. Nice to meet you both. Shep, right? Shepard. Yes. And then this, the very first scene where the scientist is taken. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. I guess that's who they're referring to. Right? So that's six. Will, Barb, two Hunter, Shep, and that scientist. It sounds right. Okay. I just want, I feel like we needed to do that one more time before we're done. Yes. Good count. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So one other thing I noted was just like, it was so interesting to me that both hopper and joyce despite like being in the disadvantaged position so to speak in this interaction with hawkins lab they're still able to keep the high ground like how i i don't know like not to mention hopper just takes that taser over and over like he's been tased a million times before and (laughs) yeah it's it's amazing like doesn't like they're like they're like who are you working for and he's like did i stutter right doesn't <laughs> yeah. he say did i stutter yeah he does say did i stutter he also mentions that he told the whole story to his oh, friend yeah. at the times i'm gonna uh, blow this thing wide yeah. open <laughs> which which i choose to believe is murray <laughs> yes <laughs> there he is <laughs> uh. all right so after that at the middle school the kids realize that they've been more or less abandoned uh by nancy and jonathan while uh jonathan and nancy set up traps for the demogorgon in the buyer's house jonathan creates a weapon by hammering several nails through a baseball bat i love when you get to this when you see the school scene and the kids are sitting there and Elle is just like leaning on mike's shoulder mm, so cute. it's just cute this is their final moments i know i thought it was interesting how Elle just immediately knew where nancy and jonathan went how did she know that I don't know. I wrote, is Elle just very smart and she inferred that Nancy and Jonathan were going to lure the the Gorgon or was this stated in her presence? Because I don't think it was. I don't think it was either. And the other thing was, how do the boys infer what that even means? All she says is Demogorgon. I don't, they just, <laughs> they've just learned to speak her shorthand. Yeah. They're like, oh, okay. So Nancy and Jonathan are setting up traps in the buyer's house. That's what she means. Okay. <laughs> Got it. She needs like, like her own, like translation. <laughs> Somebody dub her with longer sentences and explanation. <laughs> Demogorgon. Like, okay, oh, we got you. We yes. understand. Perfect. Thank you. Yes. I also would just like to point out that they have to screw in all of the bulbs that Hop unscrewed when he <laughs> swept the house for bugs. That's Nancy right. and Jonathan are, they're having to screw in every single bulb. <laughs> oh, they're screwing all right. <laughs> all right. Get out of here. 
It's not until season two. We're not there yet. Oh, my gosh. Also, at, at five minutes and 40 seconds while they're setting the traps in the house, I accidentally paused on this one scene where Nancy is just, like, sitting in the hallway. But she's not sitting. She's kind of, like, perched. She's, like, yeah. ne- kneeling down, and she's, like, leaning on her toes. Mm-hmm. And then with her elbows perched on her knees. And she's just watching Jonathan set up a bear trap. She says she, he needed moral support. It's very, like, <laughs> very casual and yet really strange way to sit and watch <laughs> someone set up a bear trap. Yeah. I also laugh because this is the scene that we see Jonathan making the spiked baseball bat, right? Yeah, and he's going ham with that hammer. He, he is going ham, but <laughs> whose weapon does this end up as? Oh, yeah. It's Steve's. <laughs> like, Steve is known for the baseball bat, not Jonathan. <laughs> That's right. Until I read what you wrote, I, it actually did not occur to me that Jonathan was the one who made yeah, it. Yeah, Jonathan just did the labor. Steve got all the glory for this baseball bat. Like, there are pop toys of Steve holding that baseball bat, and Jonathan constructed the entire thing. That's And it looked like hard work. It did. He was, like, hammering at it and going ham. <laughs> going ham. <laughs> yeah i love that it just like becomes steve's honorary weapon but to be fair he does know how to use it he does and speaking of spiked bats spiked bat off of the score plays oh nice part yeah i was trying to figure out what that was yeah it was spiked bat very nice volume two makes sense so brenner agrees to hopper's deal on the condition that he gives up l and hop agrees as long as mike dustin and lucas are not harmed as the soldiers and scientists leave for hawkins middle connie wonders what will happen if they find will which brenner assures her will not happen (laughs) hopper and joyce suit up to go through the lab's gate before we get too deep into this part i just i need to say that i never understood how brenner and everybody knew that the kids were at the middle school. Like you never realized it was Hop who told them? Yes. I never realized that the reason that they knew where to go was because Hop essentially ratted out Elle and where she was. That's so funny that you say that because I had the exact same problem until like <laughs> fairly recently. Like it never occurred to me that Hop actually did Lando them. He did. Yeah. He did. But, you know, we forgive him. He did what he had to, I guess. Yeah. But... I guess rewind a bit. Brenner and Papa do have a moment here. Their only moment, right? Yeah. Wait. We oh, know. yeah. That's right. Brenner or Brenner and Hop, you mean? Yeah, I'm sorry. Brenner, Brenner and Papa. I was like, wait, person. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I feel like in like two episodes ago or something, we were like, oh, they never even interacted. We were wrong. They, yeah. They have like this little discussion about their daughter. <laughs> about like, you know one's gonna sell her out and the other one wants to imprison her again it's great it's just wonderful we love (laughs) co-parenting two fathers just (laughs) doing what's in the best interest of their daughter that's so sweet wow yeah we love Um, a blended family sick turtleneck joyce is that new nope not new at all (laughs) really i don't know i feel like i haven't seen that on you (laughs) i made a really you'll see this realization that i come to at some point during this it's it's wild you'll see i'm excited (laughs) yeah i I have to ask why does connie want hopper gone so bad like she's like oh what if they find them and then brenner's like well he's gone isn't that what you wanted why'd she want Mm. him gone so bad interesting i got like um a a vibe in this scene because like connie's like what are they gonna do what what if they find will and brenner's like they won't that connie should probably be running the show Right? She seems intuitive. I agree. Like, 
shouldn't Brenner have listened to her? Because, you know, had he listened to Connie and not let Joyce and Hop go in, I don't know if we would be where we were today. Yeah, probably mm-hmm. not. I know. Connie does seem a little more level-headed. Brenner is just so focused on getting Eleven mm-hmm. back, which, like, now after seeing season four, like, it's even more so clear that she was his only goal ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's very interesting to look back on. So I just want to be clear, similarly to what I did with the head count of the dead captured people, mm-hmm. whatever. This is the deal that they they strike, right? So Hopper agrees to turn over 11 and keep quiet about the lab's activities right? in exchange for a chance to go get Will in the Upside Down and for the protection of Mike, Lucas, and Dustin. Yes. Seems like is that's Is that what, correct? Yeah. Seems like Okay. It. Because the deal, not this watch through, but like it took me longer than it should have for me to really wrap my head around what exactly they came to as like an exchange. I agree. I'm so glad you had this same problem. I did. I don't know why this like made no sense to me for the <laughs> longest time. Like I really could not figure it out. Yeah. I, I, but but now watching it like as ridiculously closely as we are, things are starting to it's it's becoming very clear yes. what exactly happened. Yeah. So I just wanted to. Cool. Yeah, make that like very clear and clean. Yes. Well, finally, we get opening credits. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I've already been talking for like 45 minutes. I know. So back in the Upside Down, Joyce begins to panic and Hopper tries to calm her down as he remembered doing the same thing for Sarah, his daughter, when she had trouble breathing. Roasted princess with paprika and gravy. (laughs) It's a very specific dish. (laughs) Mm. <laughs> roasted princess what kind of gravy i don't know you think it's like brown or you think we're italian and we think that tomato sauce is oh. gravy what are we doing here yeah see i'm a brown gravy girl like like if you say gravy i'm thinking brown gravy but my aunt does refer to red sauce as gravy so i don't know yeah all right well i <laughs> guess we'll never know so i looked up um who plays diane and sarah mm-hmm. and Diane is played by Jerry Tubbs, and Sarah Hopper is played by an actress named Elle Graham, and both of those actresses have also appeared in The Walking Dead. Oh, that's so interesting. I know. I thought so, It's also interesting that Sarah's actress's name is Elle. Oh, yeah. That's so crazy. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's strange. Yeah. And this is the first of many flashbacks that Hopper has in this chapter, and he's very clearly reliving his own trauma trying to get to will into the upside like this is Mm -hmm. he is he's really going through it (laughs) he really it's like a it's like almost like a physical manifestation of that journey for him right now yes yeah it's it's rough this this chapter with hops flashbacks yeah so back at the buyers nancy and jonathan slit their palms Dear Lord, <laughs> hoping to lure the, the Demogorgon with blood. At Hawkins Middle, the kids debate the whereabouts of all the older people in the show, and Lucas and Dustin talk Mike out of using an exhausted L to locate everyone. Thank you, Dustin. Right. Thank you, Dustin. I know, because if, if Mike had used her, then who knows what would have happened. And he said it so, like, we'll just use Elle. And Dustin's like, do you see her right now? She's not, she's not charged. We have to get her pudding. I know. Like, watching this back, it, it makes more sense to see in season four, like, Elle's feelings about what Mike thinks of her. Because, yeah, it feels yeah. like in, in season four, she's very much realizing that Mike views her as, like, 
a superhero, a weapon, a, mm-hmm. you know, like special and not just herself and loving her for that. And while that ends up not actually being true, I can see why she thinks that. Yeah, but also in season three, you get the opposite behavior from Mike. He's very like, wait, like, be careful, like, preserve. Mm. And and Elle's like, I know how to handle my own powers. And Max is like, you don't need to tell her how to use her powers. Like, it's it's interesting because he almost backpedals once he has her back. Yeah. Because it's like he knows he can lose her to her powers. So he's like, all right, all right, chill out. Like, stop using those. But he seems always to be sort of like deciding what she can or can't do with her powers at any given moment yeah it seems like that's the overarching theme here is that he thinks that he understands her better than herself i guess something like that yeah and they're young but still yeah it's it's a little cringe yes get out of here poor mike Mike, okay (laughs) um i just need to say whatever happened to pricking our fingers for for slitting our palms that sounds so painful honestly if you had to make a cut that big or that deep or whatever just i don't know slicing your palm open seems super painful they needed to do it and then they needed to proceed to wrap them up anyway which i thought was funny like they just let the blood out and they were like okay well let's wrap this up now that's enough that's enough blood that's Uh, enough i know so weird and i said please someone get l a different outfit this dress is so dirty (laughs) oh just wait amanda just wait oh no i'm excited <laughs> oh that's, that's great okay as nancy and jonathan await the arrival of mr gorgon steve mm-hmm. knocks on the door frantically wanting to apologize for the fight as if anyone is still worrying about that at all <laughs> nobody <laughs> no, is no one noticing nancy's slit palm and the house's state which is quite disheveled steve becomes confused and nancy points her gun at him to get him to leave just as the lights flicker the demogorgon bursts out of the ceiling and they run to will's room where they set up a signal to alert them to it getting caught in the bear trap the lights go back to normal and they realize the monster has vanished okay so here we go so steve arrives and he's clearly still beat up from earlier right Mm -hmm. which made me realize that everything between chapter six the monster and chapter eight the upside down is happening on the same day oh that's right this is all the same day this is so i'm just gonna read through this nancy and jonathan wake up together in her room connie goes to mr clark with the pamphlet l steals the egos joyce and hopper visit terry ives troy threatens to cut out dustin's teeth mike jumps off a cliff nancy and jonathan buy the monster hunting supplies jonathan and steve fight in the alley brenny's brenny brenner searches the wheelers hopper finds the kids in the junkyard they build l the sensory deprivation tank at the school nancy and jonathan set up the buyer's house all of this until will wakes up in the hospital that is one day they clearly do not have the same 24 hours in a day that we do. <laughs> this is why everyone's in the same clothes. <laughs> that makes so much sense. But also it doesn't at all because that is an insane amount of things to happen in one day. I figure Nancy and Jonathan were like up at maybe like six, seven-ish. Yeah. Right. Started their day. They were going to go to school or, you know, Nancy was being called for school. So, yeah, it had to be like maybe 630. When it's they a start- Saturday. And I also wanted to point out or that Nan- Nancy did not sleep that night. She did not. No. So this girl has been doing all of that on zero sleep. And Mike jumped off a whole cliff on this day. So, like, I'm guessing that at the point that, like, they were at the middle school and now they're all split up, it's got to be, like, well into the early morning hours of the next day, I feel like. No, it's 10.03 p.m. (laughs) 
I'm That's sorry. Right. Are you? That's right. It's 10 p.m. <laughs> the night is still young. The night is young. There's still things the, we can do. The week is long. <laughs> do you guys want to go see if we can defeat the mind flare before tomorrow? <laughs> it's only 10.03 p.m. Yeah, it's plenty of time but that to is, do stuff. That is wild. That three chapters all happen. It had to be, what, Friday? Was it a school day? It definitely was because Na- uh, Karen was waking up Nancy for school. Okay, so she they cut school that day. Yeah. Her and Jonathan. Okay, Jonathan never goes to school. It, right? When has that kid been to school? <laughs> he goes to like develop photos and then leaves. No, he's just using just... them for their dark room. <laughs> but anyway, I just I came to that realization watching this because when I saw Steve walk in the door, I was like, "Wow, that blood on his face is still fresh." Wait a second, did he fight on this day? Wait a second, what does that mean? And then I went down like a whole thing. <laughs> Did you mention that Jonathan got arrested during this also? I did not mention. No, <laughs> throw that in there as well. Not only did Jonathan get arrested, but he also, you know, fought Steve and they bought supplies and they set up the house and he made a bat and they fought the Demogorgon and now they're at the hospital and then Will wakes up. Then it's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> then it's Christmas. <laughs> Well, that, yeah, that is a wild amount of things. Oh, my goodness. I had <laughs> the no The busiest idea. day in the history of days. I just wanted to also point out here that Steve shows up to Jonathan's house, right? And he's like, hey, man, come out. I just want to talk to you, whatever. So he, he shows up there to apologize to Jonathan. Yes. Does that imply that he chose to apologize to Jonathan first before speaking with Nancy? <laughs> like he, yeah. Like he went there not knowing Nancy was there. Yeah. And and he didn't come there being like, oh, hey, like, hey, dude, like, where is Nancy? I haven't seen her. No, he comes there to apologize. So I, I appreciate that he put Jonathan first on his apology list. I could see. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly what he did. He beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Well, well, no, honestly, Jonathan the other way beat the shit out of him. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> Lonnie would be proud. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe for the first time ever. I know. Do, do uh, we think that the Demogorgon finally showed up because of the extra blood on Steve's face? I actually had that thought when I first watched the season, when it first came out. Like, I I always thought that it was Steve that actually drew the Demogorgon there because Mm. they had just been sitting there until Steve showed up. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I actually had had that thought. I also like that. Number one, things escalate really quickly here. They do. Like, Steve is like, hey, I want to apologize. And then Nancy's holding him at gunpoint. Yes. With her ballerina slipper (laughs) necklace. And then Steve brings back the oh my god 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 I, I like I like it when when he's like he's like where is what <laughs> hello and then when he opens the door he's like hey what happened to your hand <laughs> he's so cute in this scene but he really then he is. absolutely loses his shit understandably I forgot about that yeah it's so good. Oh. So the Demogorgon coming through the ceiling is very reminiscent of the Mind Flayer meat monster skin spider coming through Hopper's cabin ceiling in season three. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they both like, you know, come in the ceiling. Yes. I, I got to say, like the Demogorgon fight scene. Well, not not quite yet, but like this whole runner of them in the house, like luring the Demogorgon is probably one yeah. of my favorites of the whole show. It's a it's a good scene. And I just I I want to know, though, like. Where are we meant to assume that it goes, the it lo- Demogorgon? Well, the library, because later in the Upside Down, they follow the blood trail and it went to the library. No, no, no. Right now, when it vanishes, it's not burned yet. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Because Steve goes to leave and Nancy's like, it's going to come back. And then he leaves and then he sees the lights flicker. So the Demogorgon disappears for a second. Hmm. Where did it go? I think, maybe, I'm 
just spitballing here. It could be noticing Joyce and Hopper entering the Upside Down. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. That would make sense. Because Which they is, would I mean, almost be doing... Yeah. This is That's why Nancy and Jonathan are doing this in the first place. Right, to lure it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. it, it, it might have uh, gone for them. But I don't know. That doesn't really make much sense because then why does it come back? Like, none of them start bleeding more or anything. Yeah, that's why I... I don't I don't know where it went and it's like did it have like to run an errand like I just don't know where it went like it came it showed up yeah. through the ceiling right and then they run into Will's room and then they shut the door and then it vanishes it's like well they shut the door it looks like they um they really want they don't want company right now so I guess I'll come back uh, yeah. and if anybody knows where the Demogorgon went in this like five ten minutes just please let us know Yes, please do. So back in the Upside Down, Hopper and Joyce find a giant broken egg and the ruins of Castle Byers. As Hopper looks at a stuffed animal among the planks of wood, he remembers Sarah having the same toy in the hospital. This egg is very um, gremlins. Yeah, it is. I, I actually wrote, why do we still not really know anything about the eggs? It's not Easter. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It's not so that's why we don't know anything about the eggs. okay hopefully we will find out something i guess also i want a flashlight gun <laughs> okay those things are so christmas cool. is coming Thank up you. i'll yes, get you one please <laughs> it's just so it's so practical <laughs> i've never seen that like does it exist in real life i don't know i don't know it reminds me of the scene in season four when they're in the creel house and steve is like where'd everybody get flashlights yeah <laughs> and it's, it's like, like told everything yeah 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 it's it's totally breaking the fourth wall and like all the characters conveniently have a flashlight like that's totally what that was yeah that was totally like a tongue-in-cheek reference to like the horror movie trope yeah so in the flashback where hop is in the hospital reading to sarah i always thought this was a very interesting choice of passage to read to her it's about about life right yes it's about how wonderful it is to be alive and i like i get it but also it just kind of seemed odd so it reminded me of in season two hop is reading to l in episode three and i always thought that passage was odd too because it's about your parents dying (laughs) yep and i looked it up and turns out it is anne of green gables in both scenes oh interesting yeah i mean i knew it was anne of green gables in this scene because you can see the cover of the book but i didn't know when he reads to l in season two it's also anne of green gables yeah i thought that was interesting that to both of his daughters that's what he reads and it Hmm. made me laugh because i just thought it's like the only book he owns for some reason (laughs) he's a big anne with an e fan yes (laughs) (laughs) on netflix but yeah no i i knew exactly what what part of season two you were talking about because that's when Elle says like do i have a mom or something right doesn't she ask like where's my mom and he's like i'm sorry kid like she's she's got all her little curly hairs she's so cute i know i love when her hair grew in like that it was so cute yeah it was a good look it was so the demogorgon is now mysteriously (laughs) gone we still don't know where he went steve flees the house and he quickly notices the lights are flickering and he decides to go back in to help the Demogorgon leaps on Jonathan, and Steve pummels it to, to the ground with a nail bat. He beats it into the bear trap, and Jonathan lights the Demogorgon on fire, causing it to flee badly wounded. Inside the upside-down version of the buyer's house, Joyce hears Jonathan's voice, and Jonathan hears hers, and her presence is signified by the lights. This is the, this is crazy, this is crazy, yeah. this is crazy, this is crazy, this is crazy! 
<laughs> uh, yeah yeah steve steve is all of us right now <laughs> also i would like to point out when the demogorgon leaps onto jonathan the demogorgon drools right <laughs> into jonathan's mouth i wrote that it's so disgusting like he couldn't even buy him flowers first he just went right <laughs> to drooling into his mouth like that doesn't seem like the order of operations here you're trying to court somebody <laughs> yeah that i i almost wrote in my notes but i was just thinking it like i really hope that was just like corn syrup (laughs) i mean even so that's kind of gross to just get directly in your mouth but whatever it it had to be something i mean unless it genuinely was drool of the demogorgon yes they could have you know harvested that organically an elixir of course (laughs) (laughs) organically yes so in this scene steve goes to call 911 i think like i think (laughs) that's what he dials and then nancy just rips the phone out of the wall and I have to wonder about the implications of what might have happened if that 911 call had gone through. I don't know because Hop was occupied. So it's it would have been Callahan and Powell. They would have shown up. They would be like, what's going on here? You two again? And then- <laughs> but do you think that the Demogorgon would, like, would have still been there like by the time they arrived? Probably not. No, no, no. Definitely not. Yeah. No, because they would have lit it on fire. Yeah, and like honestly, they just would have been like, "Oh, you crazy kids and your pranks!" Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this house covered in gasoline? <laughs> you know what? Fair, fair. Yeah, them whippersnappers nowadays yes. playing with gasoline and bear traps—perfectly <laughs> yes. reasonable. Silly kids. Also, like I said before, this is just like one of my favorite Stranger Things scenes of all time. Oh, the, it's so good. The lights flashing is the so perfect. The strobing. Yes. It's, and it's not like enough to give you a headache. Like they did it just mm-hmm. right. And yeah. it's like very like found footage almost. The way like the mm-hmm. camera chases them and watches the mm-hmm. Demogorgon. It's just so cool. I love it. And Steve like twirls the bat yes. with, like a baton. Like completely yes. unnecessary. Like Steve, you don't have to do that, but you do. I literally wrote, welcome <laughs> to the moment the world fell in love with Steve Harrington. The bat yes. flip, are you kidding? <laughs> yes, it's like in season four using the the boat paddle yes. to absolutely destroy the demo bats too. Yes, so cool. We are allowed to fully love Steve now. He is okay. He's good. He's great. Well, thanks. Thanks see, for the permission. No problem. Steve, is it, well, season two has some questionable moments, but we're getting there. Yeah. Yes. I also love to watch these three team up. Same. The, the Jonathan, Nancy, and Steve trio. It gives like Steve, Nancy, Robin taking down Vecna in season four with yes. like the Molotov throwing in slow motion with the running up that hill remix starting oh, up. So good. I still can't find that remix anywhere. I know. It was on Spotify for like a day and they took it down. They took it down. Yeah. I don't know why. I have another question about this. Okay. How did they know to kill it with fire? Hmm. It was not established that these creatures did not like fire until season two when they put the soil in the test tube and then they light the flame under it and the soil like. Yeah. How did they? Was it just like. That's a really good guess. I mean, a, a good question. I feel like. Yeah, maybe they were just kind of like, okay, this thing is too strong for, like, guns, probably. Like, so, yeah, they could have just gotten, like, fireworks or, like, explosives. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's just interesting. It was just, like, a wild, like, a a lucky guess. Mm -hmm. That it would work. Yeah. I also had this question, and I've always had this question. How does Hopper know that that's Demogorgon blood and it was hurt? Like, in the Upside Down, he's like, it was hurt. And he says it with such a strange inflection, too. I don't know why. And, yeah, it always struck me as odd that he just, like, immediately was like, oh, yep, yeah, yeah, that's Demogorgon sizzling flesh. 
Maybe it's like in Harry Potter when the unicorns bleed silver. Ooh. And that's how they know that Voldemort was feeding on the unicorns. Yes. <laughs> yep. That's got to be it. I, I just thought it was so strange. Like, did he know weird. that the teenagers were going to the house to do that? Like, yeah, I don't know. But I don't know either. But if this was season four, when we closed up on the bear trap with the, the, the Demogorgon skin stuck to it, we would have gotten a sizzling Demogorgon flesh caption Yum. for sure. <laughs> for sure there was no caption i checked i went back and made oh. sure but i added my own thank you you're welcome i think this is the first time also that jonathan is witnessing the light communication oh true because remember when they fought in the street he was like in what will's in the lights right like he mocked joyce yeah. for thinking that will was in the lights well now he's seeing mm-hmm. what that meant yes yes very true i didn't think about that so lucas and dustin raid the school's pudding supply <laughs> Mike invites Elle to live with his family once Will is found. When she asks if he will be like her brother, Mike adamantly disagrees. He invites her to the snowball and tries to explain the concept of a crush to her, failing and kissing her instead. I love how Mike is just casually explaining incest <laughs> to Elle. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Nancy's going to be your sister and I'm going to be your boyfriend. <laughs> and he's like well you don't bring i think that's weird to bring your sister to the snowball yeah (laughs) she's like why he had to explain (laughs) i'm just imagining mike pulling out like punnett squares and being like well you see (laughs) this is is why you should not do that (laughs) i i need to give a shout out to the iconic line mike i found the chocolate pudding with the voice crack amazing amazing if anybody cared at that point i know like okay we don't it's fine and then mike yells back like all right (laughs) he's just so over it (laughs) oh this is so cute though this is their last real conversation Mm -hmm. until like a whole season from now i know and we get first kiss off of the score Mm, so cute i know that you love malevin i okay (laughs) i do like (laughs) stop slandering me i do this is becoming a thing on purpose i'm making it into one it's not a thing okay Um, i just need to point out also that 11 not knowing what pudding is further it gives me evidence that the kids were just eating gruel in the the lab (laughs) like there was no real food she's like what is pudding pudding with with a with teas so mike goes to investigate a car pulling up outside and yeah, he just runs right out of the school. No problem. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he sees the agents emerging and runs back inside. Connie and several others corner the kids, but Elle kills them by telekinetically collapsing their brains, causing her to pass out. I love how they find the bathtub. Like Brenner and his family <laughs> friends. His family friends. Agents, employees. I love how they find the kiddie pool. I wonder if Brenner was like, these fucking kids made a sensory deprivation tank. Like, I wonder if he, like, yeah. knew what was happening. I, yeah, I wondered that, too. I assumed he did. He's a pretty smart guy. But I just need to ask why all of the middle school doors are just unlocked. Well, that brings me to the 2022 thing that i thought of Mm -hmm. but we'll talk about it but yes that is a great a great question (laughs) why is this school completely unsecured yep they're just in there (laughs) it's the middle of the night no problem yep yep no big deal and we get lando but this time it's for real yeah but i did think it was interesting because dustin does reference lando again right he's like lando he says it really casually in the hallway as they're running away well, in the bathtub, when they're hiding on the bus, 
remember? And they're hesitant to answer Nancy because they're like, oh, she could be Lando. Like, she could be compromised. Yeah. But then Hop jumps on and then they reply. And at one point, I think I think Lucas is like, maybe Nancy, but not the chief. Mm-hmm. Like, as in who would be compromised? Well, who ended up being compromised? Yep. Yep. Hopper. It never occurred to me because I guess I just never pictured Hopper doing that. Like I know. It seems weird, but... So, Hopper and Joyce follow a trail of blood to the library where they find the bodies of several people and Will, who has a tentacle down his throat. Hmm. Delicious. <laughs> they pull it out and Hopper shoots the moving tentacle dead. Walking through the upside down, please. As Hop and Joyce are walking through the upside down. <laughs> Wow, iconic. (laughs) (laughs) The score titles this season were like, Barb and Nancy go to school on a Tuesday. Yeah. (laughs) I know the ones for season four are like, my boobs hurt. (laughs) Yes, they're they're, they're like, there's the one that's like, what is it? It's like. Oh, in the closet. In the closet. At Wrinklemania. At Wrinklemania. (laughs) (laughs) Like, come on. What is it? Delicate, intense music plays is one of them. Yes, like they were just trolling themselves by season four. I know. I kind of love it. I have to say, I'm very interested to learn, and this might be a dumb statement slash question. I'm very interested to learn what is actually going on with the library. I wrote, why the library? Because that's where the four gates converge, too, in season four. Is it not? Interesting. I I don't know. I would have to... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like the center of town where the gates converge Mm -hmm. and it's the library. So I feel like there's just something about the library that maybe we'll find out more about in season five or not. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it's a good question because I I said to him, like, why the library? Like, the Demogorgon took Will out of Castle Byers to string him up in the library. Which, like, also, how did he do this? Does the Demogorgon, the Demogorgon have opposable thumbs that we don't know about? I mean, I hate to say this. <laughs> I really do. Oh I hate it a lot. Oh, no. But Will is kind of like displayed something like a trophy. Mm-hmm. Like Vecna mm-hmm. displayed mm-hmm. Fred. I know. Stop getting excited. No, I'm not. I'm getting Stop mad. It. <laughs> Stop it. I'm mad. Because... I, yeah, but the opposable thumb thing. Yeah, I mean... He definitely has, like, claws. Like, he can grab stuff, but, like, he doesn't seem very... Or, or I guess he doesn't seem to have very much dexterity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will almost seems, like, zip-tied. Yeah, it's Like, weird. he seems like he's, like, like been propped up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does seem, like, almost like he's put on display. And he seems like this. he has, like, the same... Okay, and this could be just because this is what the actual, like props look like but i felt like chrissy and, and fred's bodies in the ups or in like henry's mind layer kind of look like shiny and like sticky almost and it's the sneeze juice yes again. it's sneeze juice right and that's what will looks like he looks all like sticky and like almost like waxy yeah and i think what we don't know yet and we plan to speculate on this but we have like the the flora and fauna of the upside down and like what is this like incubation are we using humans like did the demogorgon put the tentacle in will's (laughs) mouth or did the tentacle make its way down will's throat yeah well yeah i guess that's the other explanation for how the bodies are just kind of like there because the upside down like vines and stuff do have sentience so they, yeah. they could have just done it themselves. It's a hive mind. Yeah, it is. And we're going to find out more about that in the next few weeks. Yeah. But I did a little bit of research on the length of an esophagus. 
Um, so Will has the tentacle in his mouth. Okay. I'm still laughing. I mean, we see Sarah with the tube down her throat in the hospital as like a parallel to Will, which is like really brutal. Like I hate it. Mm -hmm. But tragedy aside, this is just this is just this is disgusting. I was actually eating a sandwich (laughs) as I was watching this scene. When they pull the tentacle out of Will's mouth, this tentacle on approximation had to be at least two to three feet long. Does that seem accurate? I actually felt like it might have been longer. I mean, it was definitely longer, but the part that was in Will was actual was probably oh, not large. Okay, but an, an average esophagus is 10 inches. Oh so was goodness. this tentacle just coiled in Will's <laughs> stomach? Like, what is happening? Yeah. And then wouldn't he have digested dart? If Will was somewhat, like, impregnated yeah. with dart via his esophagus, was it just living in his, like, st- stomach? And then it, you know, like grew and grew and Ew. and grew like a parasite and then why didn't he digest it that's a great question because it was like more than a month later christmas yeah ew it was like ov- almost two months maybe upside down creatures have some sort of protection against stomach acid yeah like why didn't he just go through the normal digestive processes like ew. why did he vomit up dart two months later that's so gross i don't know <laughs> ew that's a great point <laughs> Uh, sorry no yeah great to think about actually terrible to think about but (laughs) don't eat a sandwich right now (laughs) if you're eating a sandwich stop please stop (laughs) (laughs) l awakens to brenner standing over her and her friends being restrained she then asks to go with them instead of him is that what she was asking i mean with her eyes okay Drawn by the blood from the agents that L killed, the Demogorgon bursts out of the wall and kills even more agents. Mr. Gorgon attacks Brenner as the kids flee. Wait, that's where the Demogorgon went. Is it? No, never mind. Just no, kidding. no, 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 because he already went back. He literally left the buyers and then came back. Yeah, like he just he just left for like a little minute, took a little break. Yeah, had, had to like pee or had something. some water. Hold on, gotta go pee out back. Yes. In that bush. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Why does the Demogorgon Kool-Aid man literally everything? Just walk through the front door, dude. Which which we see uh, in episode one. He just, he, he unlocks the door like a gentleman. Stop. I don't. I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> because I said, so, I have something written later. I like, I, I anyway. have something in this section too that like hurts my feelings to say, but I'll say it. So it never occurred to me until now that like Brenner is, at least he's saying that he wants Elle back in order to close the gate because he said like, so no one else gets hurt. And then he says the same thing to Joyce. Like, you know, I don't want more people to disappear. So he's definitely just like lying, right? Like he just wants 11 back. I think so. I don't really think he gives a shit who gets hurt, but I also don't really think he wants to close the gate because if he closes the gate, how would he find Henry? Right. Right. Like if, Uh, I mean, if, if that really is what is happening here, which it's seeming more and more likely that it is unfortunately this podcast is over right (laughs) shutting it down we proved ourselves wrong (laughs) oops not yet came in really hot (laughs) not yet but um yeah so i just i was like interesting that he's saying that to her but maybe it's just to make her feel better about going with him yeah and he all he's also just really disgusting in this scene like he tells her oh you're sick and you're i'm gonna make you better barf like that's that is that is abuse Mm -hmm. like i'm sorry but that is what that is yep there is no way around it yes when the the person who did this thing to you is like i'm gonna make you better wrong incorrect yep also she's not sick no 
So you're gaslighting her. Correct. In the scene where the Demogorgon Kool-Aid man's out of the wall, uh, <laughs> I, I notice that he's coming through their, like, I don't know, paw print on the wall, like, for their mascot. <laughs> and I notice that it says Cubs. It does say Cubs. Which is, I saw that. Which is funny because, yeah, it's the middle school. And then the, we find out later that the high school is the Tigers. Yeah, it's a baby. So cute. It is. I love how Lucas tells Brenner to eat shit. Yeah. <laughs> You tell him, Lucas. Like, you, Lucas, you're the only one who's ever said anything honest to this man. Right? <laughs> Eat shit. That's a great point, Lucas. Thank you. Yeah. I also, I think it's interesting because technically L is sort of saved by the Demogorgon. Yeah. Because had, had the Demogorgon not Kool-Aid manned <laughs> through the wall, Brenner would have just scooped her right up, mm-hmm. brought her right back to the lab, and Mr. Gorgon saved the day. He, he's, he burst through and, Yeah. Which what? leads me to, like, this question I have about, and I think I've brought this up before, but the Demogorgon, did it not kill Brenner, which obviously we find out later that it's not dead, because Henry couldn't bring himself to do it? This is my question. Okay, so you're saying the Demogorgon didn't kill Brenner because the assumption is that the Demogorgon is kind of, like, being instructed, commanded, told what to do. Is he tamed by by Henry? So it was like, you are to maim, not kill. Yeah, well... Can the demo... I mean, it's like it's it's a hive mind, you know? Like, I don't know if he's getting, like, specific instructions like that, but I feel like, yeah. Okay. Like, according to the hive mind. So Vecna is, or Henry is like, if you are to encounter this man to the hive mind, however he communicates with the hive mind, send a quick text. Yeah, he has, like, a a listserv... Text out. stop to unsubscribe <laughs> from Henry Creel and his bullshit. <laughs> okay, I see what you're saying though. Like, because yeah. because Brenner should be dead. We can all agree, right? Yeah. He he got out with a a scratch, a little scratchy scratch on his face, and a scratchy scratch. Yeah. So yeah, I just thought that was odd that he just like it doesn't die. Like he's the only one that the Demogorgon had full access to who he didn't. Kill. Yeah. It is interesting. Yeah. Also, Gaten. Strong boy. Strong boy. The strongest of boys. Carrying around Millie Bobby Brown and running. Yes. I wrote that in our next scene. Dustin is strong. Yeah. I mean, he. she doesn't seem to weigh a lot here, you know. No, she but still, you figure they but... maybe weigh, like, not that much different, right? No, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. He's also a little kid here, so pretty impressive. Yeah. On that note, uh, Dustin carries a collapsed L to the science classroom and Mike makes her a slew of gut-wrenching promises. It's so sad. The Demogorgon enters the classroom and attacks the boys, but L pins it to the wall with her powers and tears it apart, tearfully saying goodbye to Mike before the force of her power vaporizes both her and the Demogorgon. Goodbye, Mike. Oh, so sad. <laughs> so sad. No more. <laughs> I, like, I don't cry watching it anymore, but I come close. And it took me the longest time to, like, get through this part without just sobbing. It's so sad. Yeah. I didn't really think about this previously, but I love when Mike goes to, like, run at her before she goes to do what she's going to do to the Demogorgon. And she just flings him back, like, for his own good. He's like, she's like, get away. Mm -hmm. This is, this must be done. She says no more. No more. No more. So heartbreaking. Enough. You stupid, you stupid outer space traveler. <laughs> oh, yeah. So cool. <laughs> Can we talk about the Demogorgon's wingspan, though? He, like when, Yeah, when he's like, how it's nothing like Vecna's. 
Okay, fair. Um, when he's pinned up against the chalkboard, he takes up like the whole thing. He's massive. Like, so this big. Demogorgon is huge. This is really when you get the height difference between Millie and the Demogorgon. Oh yeah, it's it's like, amazing. He is about nine feet tall. Yeah, about nine feet tall. About nine feet tall. Yep. And this gave me serious season four flashbacks of Henry mm-hmm. being banished. The the Christ like crucifixion type yep. pose that he's in the the digging deep into some emotion to find her power yep yep did she banish herself to the upside i mean we find out right she kind of did how did she do that <laughs> i don't know but i think it's so interesting that she knew she could do this because she'd done it before even though she didn't know she had done it before but deep down i think she did but she knew that she vaporized henry not at she this point she knew that she did what do you mean? That was but, that was 1979. Yeah, but she lost her memory after that. Okay, I see what you're saying. So, like, on a subconscious level, she might have known yeah. what she was doing, but not consciously. Right. Because, yeah, like, like Brenner says that she totally forgot about the whole... I mean, yeah, she has to be put through Nina to even remember the incident. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I did wonder, like, did she just assume this was going to kill her? Like, why did she say goodbye? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Like, did she know that she would just overextend herself so much to get this done yeah and why did this instance result in that but when she did it to henry she didn't vaporize right and and when she closes the gate in season two she's clearly very highly exerting herself and nothing really happens yeah well i mean at that point she's been trained by her sister yes who (laughs) (laughs) you know the lost one the scene is so sad but there's just something in this classroom i need to point out okay please there's a taxidermied raccoon in the back of the classroom (laughs) and it's so funny i wonder if he was in the credits like he's just like there and he's in his his little raccoon pose where he looks like he's like yelling and and he's just in the background trash panda the the demogorgon's being vaporized and there's just a raccoon yelling in the background oh well that's funny because i didn't say it like here but when the demogorgon walks into the classroom he's just casually standing in front of a bulletin board that says outer space traveler that's him (laughs) there he is Uh, yeah it's it's funny it is but sad no it's uh, yeah the taxidermy raccoon just like really it snapped me out of it it was much needed yeah (laughs) and 11 is gone plays off the score oh so sad yeah when in the scene when she woke up with papa holding her just before just 11 off the score plays Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that theme is beautiful and sad so back in the upside down hopper instructs joyce on how to do cpr having her breathe into will's mouth while he performs chest compressions as he does he remembers doctors unsuccessfully trying to resuscitate sarah will takes a big gasp of air while joyce holds him and hopper gives him an oxygen mask no thoughts only tears when it's cold i'd like to die starts to play now so we can just cry i would personally like to send moby straight to jail for making this song (laughs) right to jail right straight to jail (laughs) but this this scene is so like exchange of l for will you know like a life goes out and one comes in and then you also get the sarah and will like she dies as he comes back it's really a lot i know i actually like always thought this was kind of like healing for hopper in a way Mm. like he blamed himself so much for sarah's death that i think he needed this win to be able to successfully bring back this kid right and he saw like a successful 
resuscitation. Yeah. You know, like he's, he watched Sarah flatline. Yeah. And then he watches Will actually come back. So Karen and Ted then arrive at Hawkins Middle just as the police do. And a distraught Mike Wheeler hugs his mom. Where is Dustin's parent and where are the Sinclairs? Nowhere. Nowhere. Just nowhere. Not cast yet. Nope. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't know if the show would exist. Yeah, they didn't have speaking roles just yet. (laughs) So as the Wheelers pull up in the background, you can see five bodies covered with tarps. And I just need to say, there are definitely more than five bodies in there. 100%, yes. Yeah. It's weird. Like, there's four on the ground, and then there's one on, like, a stretcher. Okay. I thought that was interesting. I don't know. I don't know what the significance hmm. of that is. I just thought it was interesting. That is interesting. <clears throat> Where's everybody else? I don't know. Th- this also <laughs> it kind of struck me as sort of funny because the wheelers are there, and they're like, oh, my God, Mike. Oh, my God. Where is Nancy? Do we? Ca- She's at the house. Do we care? Nope. Nope. We don't care where Nancy nope. is. Don't care. Nope. Just Mike. Haven't seen. I mean, Joyce hasn't seen Jonathan in like 16 days. So it's like, <laughs> who even cares about these middle-aged adolescents? Right. They're, they're adults. Leave them alone. They can handle <laughs> Whatever. Themselves. Yeah. I also like Ted just fucking stands there. I know. I Ted. noticed that too. Ted. Theodore. <laughs> That's got to be his name, right? Theodore. Theo. Let's talk. <laughs> Teddy. Teddy. Yeah, he's, Tedrick. He's like in the background talking to a paramedic or something. Like he's just not fair enough. I mean, yeah, I guess that's fair, but yeah, he's just not hugging his son. Like he's just no, doesn't care. Does Mike run out of Starcourt at the end of season three and hug Karen as well? I believe so. Okay, because this just reminded me of because I mean, emergency vehicles, mm-hmm. big building problem with interdimensional creatures. Like yeah. it just reminded me of L walking out of Starcourt and looking for Hop and not seeing him and then looking at joyce and then joyce looking at her and then l knowing sorry i'm just just breaking my heart (laughs) moby again moby go to jail for that song (sighs) i also need to go to jail for that song i also need to ask like in season three when the whole mall thing happens we get like the whole mock news thing where it's like breaking news there was a fire at starcourt mall whatever but here we don't really see what exactly the story was to the outside world so no that's a great point what what does the world think happened here i don't know but they probably had to water it down mm, mm. interesting mm. <laughs> yeah I, I just imagine that like they were just like official government business schools closed yes. for a week by <laughs> schools closed for a week <laughs> so will then awakens in the hospital to joyce and jonathan at his side hop karen steve and nancy all wait outside in the waiting room along with an asleep ted lucas and dustin mike sits awake deep in thought until the boys are allowed to see will they excitedly tell him about all the events of the past several days and about l but will coughs which is highly concerning can someone please check on that where's the nurse (laughs) nancy leaves the room right like what this anyway (laughs) nancy leaves the room quietly distraught over barb outside the hospital a suspicious car pulls up and hopper gets inside the whole cast is here. Everyone. Imagine the whole cast of season four. You can't fit <laughs> They them. would need like the four waiting rooms. I know. They can't fit in the hospital. <laughs> Can you please wait outside? Thanks. Too many of them. So I just need to say props to the makeup artist here for like, if you really look, if you pause when Will is like first in bed, his lips are so crusty. He looks, Ew. he looks dry. He looks, he looks <laughs> Somebody dead. get this boy some Vaseline. Right? Like he looks so pale and so just ill. Like they did a great job. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Yucky. Yep. 
I love that in the waiting room scene, you get like this really quick shot of Hopper, Ted and Steve sitting next to each other. And I was like, this is the most random assortment of men. The dads. (laughs) Hopper, Ted and Steve. Yes. (laughs) Imagine meeting your girlfriend's parents in these conditions. (laughs) Like, is this the first time Steve has met Ted? It's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be. Right? That's so funny. Hey, I'm dating your daughter. Hello, yes. She might be dating that guy as well. Not really sure. I'll let you know. Sorry about your son's best friend. (laughs) We just killed an alien. Like, what are you... (laughs) We just killed an alien. (laughs) If we ever have merch, can we have a shirt or a mug that just says, we just killed an alien. (laughs) Hi, I'm dating your daughter. We just killed an alien. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Sounds amazing. I I love how just like childlike they all are in this scene when they get to all finally talk to Will. They're like, Mm -hmm. and blood was coming out of their eyes. (laughs) (laughs) So like they're all in here like, oh, there's blood coming out of their eyes. And there are 40 of them. You just all experienced like a, a massive trauma. Yeah. And they're so pumped. They're just pumped. They just want to tell Will all about it. Also, Jennifer Hayes was crying at your funeral. She was. Will is not interested, but we'll get there. He does not care. Can't imagine why. (laughs) The car pulling up and Hopper getting in. What is it? What does it mean? Who are you? Who? Who is this? It's three seasons later and we still don't know. Like, they literally, is it, is it, the only thing that I speculate, I said, is it because the lab got word of what happened at the middle school? So they're like, excuse me, we need to talk. But then how did he know? Wait, what do you mean? And what is he? The lab got, wasn't the lab there? Didn't they know? I mean, I would assume there were some people at the lab. Yeah. Maybe not. But but regardless, like, were they coming to pick him up to discuss what just occurred at the middle school? Yeah. And maybe to discuss just like the terms of their agreement, perhaps. It was just odd. I agree. I don't know who's in this car. And what is, what does Hopper think happened to Elle? Right. Like, does he know she got got? Right. Or does he think she got got? Like, I know. Well, we'll get there in, in the next two scenes or so. But yeah, I have questions about this, too. Yeah, like, in this moment, though, like, what does he think? Yeah, I don't know. She's not with the kids. No, no, she's nowhere. Well, one month later, it is Christmas Mm. Eve, and the boys are back in town. (laughs) (laughs) And they're playing Dungeons and Dragons in Mike's basement. The campaign comes to an end as Will successfully fireballs the Thessalhadra. Jonathan comes to pick up Will, and Mike looks over at Elle's untouched blanket fort. On the way out, Nancy gives Jonathan a Christmas present, a new camera, which is actually... Maybe from Steve, I think, who she is back together with because they are endgame. Of course. (laughs) Of course. But we're not biased. No, we're not biased whatsoever. (laughs) So I looked up Thessal Hydra. Oh, good. Okay. They're pretty underwhelming. But I did find a Thessal Gorgon, which I learned is one of four Thessal monsters. The Thessal family. The Thessal family. I also learned that a Gorgon is its own type of creature. So me referring to the Demogorgon as Gorgon this entire time is actually inaccurate as far as D&D is concerned. Yeah, the gorgon looks like a bowl. A bowl. A bowl. Like not a not a bowl. Like a bowl. <laughs> like bullshit. Oh, I thought you were bullshit. Saying, I you were saying like a bowl, like a salad bowl, <laughs> and like Will's hair. <laughs> a bowl. Yes. All right, we're done. Okay. So I have a couple things to uh, to talk about here. So mm. do you think when they play D anD D from now on, they just like won't use the demogorgon piece? <laughs> it's cursed. It's tr- I wouldn't. It's too triggering. <laughs> I would absolutely not use the Demogorgon no, at all. I wouldn't Are you kidding? I would have burned it. Yeah, I agree. Also, the, I know that, and, and we could talk about this in our season wrap up because I know we're going to talk mm-hmm. about theories, but I just want to point out the Lost Knight, the Proud Princess, the Weird Flowers mm, yes. in the Cave. The Weird Flowers in the Cave. Yeah. So what, 
what are your thoughts on what all of that means or do you have any or do you want to wait I mean, I thought about the weird flowers in the cave was just interesting because the Demogorgon's face mm-hmm. is a, is naturally like always compared to a flower. Yeah. But I mean, the lost knight to me, if I had to think of anything, would probably be Will. And then the proud princess would be Elle. Right. Yeah. If I was going to be like very, what do you think? Yeah. That's always what I thought too. I, I felt like the lost knight at first could have been a reference to Elle, but like, because she's like lost, they don't know where she went. Mm-hmm. But also I think they think she's dead. So I'm not really sure. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I honestly don't know. I do remember reading some theories, though. So I'm very interested to see what the people thought about this at the time. Yeah. 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 I pulled out the flowers just because of the Demogorgon's head is very flower-ish. Yeah, that's what it made me think of, too. Interesting. Okay. Other question about this campaign. So the boys, they say all this stuff because, like, the Lost Knight, the Proud Princess, they say all this stuff because they're like, the campaign can't be over. Like, it wasn't wasn't long enough. It can't be over. And then Will has to leave. Did Mike do that on purpose? Did he shorten the campaign because he knew Will had to leave and he didn't want him to feel bad? Oh, maybe. Yeah, that's what I thought. And Oh, that's very cute. And Will won, by the way. He did. Yeah, so it it, it ended with Will winning. So I I had to wonder if Mike did that on purpose. Yeah. I hope the fireballs weren't cabbages. Me too. I hope they were red and not green. (laughs) Yeah. And kids fades into 11. Mm -hmm. When Mike is looking at the blanket score, it's 11. Yeah so sweet because kids kids plays when they're all getting riled up and as jonathan is like coming to pick up will but then it fades into 11 mm-hmm. okay so when they go karen is making nine thousand cakes yes i counted them I... there are three well i didn't count them but i pointed out like what they are oh yes i'm excited okay so on a cake tray towards the corner of the counter there is a bunt cake very nicely decorated ah. and then on the corner that's closer to the camera we have a pecan pie on a cake tray mm-hmm. then we have a tray of cookies they look like sugar cookies mm-hmm. and there's a lot of them and then she mm-hmm. is in the middle of decorating a second bunt cake while drinking white wine yes she is a complete vibe yep in this scene i don't know who she's making all that stuff for but good for her it's i guess they're having fa- i could imagine the wheelers are a big family yeah it does seem like they would be but yeah i was just gonna say as nancy gives jonathan the camera mm-hmm. we get this isn't you again interesting whenever we got it in we get it when barb says this isn't you of course. like that's where it comes from then we get it in the police department when she's like next to jonathan and then we get it now mm. that was definitely foreshadowing yeah. i feel like yeah so it's very like whenever she's having like a romantic like dissonance yeah. moment she this song is playing i just need to say about this scene jonathan's smile here was so cute but <laughs> if my significant other kisses someone else's cheek they are catching hands i was just thinking that they probably weren't like she wasn't steve couldn't see where she was because mm-hmm. i thought the same thing i'm like i understand that it you can kiss a guy's cheek or a girl or whomever depending on what you're who you're dating and wh- whatever right and it can be platonic sure. But I'm not going to buy that. I don't buy that at all. Stop kissing girls' cheeks or boys' cheeks or anybody's cheeks. No cheeks. No no cheeks. I I agree. (laughs) I felt like, you know, there's a lot of context here, right? Like, Jonathan and Nancy have been through a trauma together. Like, there was kind of this idea that they were together, but they were not. Mm -hmm. There's just too much Mm -hmm. context here for that to be, like, appropriate. So I'm going to say, Nancy, come on. Come on, girl. Stop that. No, pick one. Let's go. Yep. Okay. I also have to ask, what are (laughs) Nancy and Steve doing? Like, they're just... They're just relaxing. They're just sitting in this room while Ted is snoring. And they're literally just sitting, like, in the tiniest corner of the couch. Like, on top of each other. Like, there's a whole couch. 
<laughs> maybe chestnuts are roasting on the open fire. Yeah, that's got to be it. And maybe Jack Frost is nipping at their noses. <laughs> maybe. So cold. You just don't know. Yeah. But yeah, they are just very clumped together Ooh, in that corner. Like, Nancy's yellow sweater. So cute. And Steve's reindeer her, sweater. Her je- yes. <laughs> her jean skirt. Yeah. I don't know what that outfit is, girl, but... <laughs> it's not very Christmassy. Who wears yellow on Christmas? I know, Christmas? that is an odd Christmas color, but please leave that outfit in particular in 1983. That can stay. <laughs> Next, Hopper ditches the Hawkins PD Christmas party, and he drives out to Mirkwood to place an Eggo and many cookies that he stole from the party in a lockbox. <laughs> so, as you probably already know, because I texted you about it, I took some time to look at the articles that were on the board in the police department yes and i'm really glad you did because since you sent me that picture i was gonna do it and then i was like nope marina's got it covered (laughs) (laughs) yeah so the one is the boy who came back to life and it has a picture of will the article says the former missing child will byers has been found after a week of searching he is presently in stable condition in hawkins general hospital byers's mother joyce byers alleges that will was the subject of a secret government program run by the hawkins national lab the allegation comes amidst a massive investigation into the hidden organization and its elaborate experimentations in pursuit of mind control the abuse detailed in the first report includes prolonged physical duress and psychological interrogations and then it kind of starts to cut off and stuff but i just thought this was so interesting considering the deal that was struck maybe that's why they wanted to meet with hopper because joyce is out here blabbing to everyone who will listen (laughs) like i'm sorry is did they not just actually blow this thing wide open like i mean l isn't mentioned fine but but it's so it's almost like will took the fall for the abuse that l sustained yeah in a way right or like he was kind of like the the figurehead for that but yeah it's interesting though that we get the whole like water it down thing in season two because Mm -hmm. it's interesting that you say like didn't they just blow this thing wide open but nobody was listening because it was too out there yeah that is interesting and i guess when you said before like how did they how did they explain this all to the media i wonder if part of the deal was that hawkins would take responsibility for will's disappearance and then coming back to life Mm -hmm. like they almost framed it as a kidnapping right yeah very interesting but but then like later in in like later seasons we find out that like the story was will got lost in the woods yeah i just unless that was a watered down version that parents told their kids like i Mm, who knows i don't know yeah it's weird the other headline was hawkins lab blocks inquiry and this one just the lab and its involvement in government-led drug experimentation was first brought to the attention of the post after documents naming dr richard brenner (laughs) head of the narcotic enforcement division from who is dr richard brenner that's that's his his brother who you know he he went into the the science field but like on the straight and narrow you know like he's not shady okay yeah he's like he's the light version and brenner's the, oh, dark. the light version. Brenner's the, dark version. The, the, the good twin yes, the good twin and the evil twin yeah i don't know that might have just been the duffer brothers reusing a name and thinking no one really? would read that oh i read it duffer brothers <laughs> Who is Richard Brenner? I even tried to look up Richard Brenner on the Stranger Things wiki and found nothing. Yeah, they probably just reused the name. Just not thinking weird. two girls with a podcast six years later would be <laughs> reading these articles. <laughs> I'm telling you, they didn't name him Martin yet. Yeah. They named him Martin later. Honestly, that's probably it. That's probably what and it is. They were is. like, yeah, Richard will do. Yes. 
All right. Well, our last scene of the season. Here we go. Ah. At the buyer's house, Joyce, Jonathan, and Will sit down for Christmas Eve dinner, but Will goes to the bathroom and vomits up a slug that slides down the drain. Ew. The bathroom around him abruptly turns into the upside down in a startling, sinister flash before reverting back to normal just as quickly. He leaves the bathroom and continues dinner, seemingly unfazed. The theme song plays as the camera slowly zooms out on the buyer's house. <laughs> Gentle snowfalls, eerily reminiscent of the upside down particles. The title card shows. End scene. Yay. <laughs> I hate to reduce this to Joyce's potatoes, but they were very I runny. I wrote that too. They were disturbingly runny. Like, those are soup. That was potato soup. That she, she honestly, she should have just like leaned into it and made it potato soup. <laughs> made potato soup. Yeah, that would have been better, honestly. I just got to say, thank goodness, this dog finally got some food. He did. He got ham. Poor, what was his Chester. name? Chester. Chester. Poor Chester. He hasn't eaten in years. I know. He finally got fed some ham. <laughs> He's probably just hungry. Yeah, yeah, no kidding, Joyce. No one feeds him. <laughs> And also, that is 100% dark. You think? Well, yeah, it does have, like, little yellow. It was yellow. Yeah, it has little yellow spots. It is dark. Yeah, yeah. You're probably right. Dart is here. Okay, but my fiancé came up with an interesting question about that. Because I, I asked him earlier if he thought it was dark. And he was like, yeah, it makes sense. But also, why is he still so small when Dustin finds him? It's like a year later. I don't, I don't know. We don't know anything about these creatures. Yeah, our guess was that maybe they, you know, like all creatures, need energy in order to maintain bodily functions. So in order to molt and everything, he needed a regular food source. And he wasn't really getting that until... Yeah, maybe he was dormant. Yeah, like until he met Dustin, he wasn't really getting good food. So... Ah, uh, yes. Three musketeers. And a cat. The best food. <laughs> so I have to ask one other question. Did No, boy. Did Hawkins Lab pay to fix this house? Or, like, does Joyce have some sweet, sweet hush money that she used to fix this house? All of the above? Yeah, maybe. They definitely pay for them to move to California. That is true. That is true. Owens is the one who, like, relocated them. So that yeah, does make sense. So. Well, there you have it. Wow. Season one, we did it. We did it. So do you want to discuss our MVP and LVP? Sure. I'll go first with the MVP because I have a terrible one. Okay. Because I couldn't choose. I know. It was hard. This was hard. I just wrote L, Mike, Steve, <laughs> Joyce, Jonathan, and Nancy. How do I choose one? I don't know. I don't know. I chose L. I settled on L. Yeah. Because she, she sacrificed herself, so. Yeah. She literally saves their lives. Steve, Joyce. Yeah. Everybody did so good. Right? Yeah. I, I agree with that one. She, I mean, yeah. She was first on my list. She was my first idea. I felt like she, she makes a lot of sense. But so many people in this uh episode sacrifice their own safety I for know. others and it's amazing i mean even mike was I mean, like, even will yeah even will right he mike jumps in front of the agents and is like if you want to take her mm -hmm. you're gonna have to kill us like okay yeah like all right you're like four <laughs> like backup kids little did he know that they wouldn't though yeah you know but i think it's l i i agree i i think it's l too because she went into that really thinking she was gonna die all right who'd you put for lvp so i put hop oh interesting okay because he really is Lando. Yes. Like, he rats out L and simultaneously puts the kids' lives in danger at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like, although he had this deal, like, Lucas, Dustin, and Mike don't get hurt, and the, the agents probably knew that going in, I don't think they would have hesitated to kill those kids. 
But I mean, it's hard because he does put his own issues aside to like keep Joyce calm. Like he really was like the MVP in the Upside Down. Yeah, I know. It's it's really hard to say. This was a tough one because you know I think Hopper did what he thought he had to do, but at the same time, he's a really smart guy. Why didn't he just divert them somewhere else? Well, the other thing that I don't totally agree with here is like how much of Hopper's own story was contributing to his decision making because this kind of seems like we are risking the lives of four children to save one Hmm. like why is Elle's life Dustin's life Mike's life and Lucas's life sold out and put at risk for a child's life like for for Will who is unfortunately pretty much already dead he's pretty close yeah like why are we risking the lives of four children to save the life of one i don't know is that really bad is that horrible am i about no i i agree i mean yeah i I do think it was definitely a questionable choice on hop's part to do that because i mean i'm sure he knows that they don't care they probably wouldn't have hesitated to kill those kids because even if they did and then hop turned around on the deal like they know already that it gets nowhere i mean terry ives has already gone to the media a billion times and nothing has happened right so yeah that's a good point so yeah hop was my lvp unfortunately i was gonna put that but then i felt like you know i didn't think about it as deeply as i should have probably but i felt like you know he didn't really mean to sell her out i guess like he just wanted to save the kids but i ended up putting both hawkins (laughs) lab for covering up deaths and then lying about caring about it and then Mm -hmm. i just put brenner and my reason was for not dying (laughs) (laughs) you could have died and you didn't you suck come on you should have just let the demogorgon get you if he had died though we what would season four have been about yeah, so true. But at the same time, you know, it could have just been Owens and not Brenner involved. I guess. Yeah. But we, we need a little bit of Brenner's, uh, I guess we'll say eccentricity for season four. Yes. And we need him to send us on a roller coaster of emotions of do we hate him? Do we like him? How do we feel about this person? What do we do? I don't know how to react to him. Yep. All of the above. <laughs> I have one thing for 2022, but that's okay, it. Let's hear it. The only thing that I have... And this, it reminded me because you said, why are none of the doors locked in the school? So none of what occurred in the school, I presume, was caught on any security footage. Mm, True. (laughs) But I looked it up and it said that security cameras didn't really start popping up in schools really, really heavily until the 2000s. So like there were some in the 80s, but not much. But it was mostly a surge in the 2000s because of a lot of the school shootings from the 90s yeah that's unfortunate yeah so like nothing on imagine coming in the next day and like looking at that security footage and being like literally what (laughs) (laughs) what is that imagine what is that alien the custodian coming in the next morning for like the the 6 a.m shift oh yes ah demogorgon flesh yes let me just get that off of mr clark's chalkboard (laughs) (laughs) was that mr clark i think it was Uh, yeah i think we can safely assume that it was oh boy all right what an episode well, if you all lasted this long. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Thanks for your time. <laughs> we appreciate you. And uh, although this is the end of the chapters for this season of our podcast, we do have a couple other episodes before we move on to season two of the podcast. So we hope you will stick around. Yay. We did we it. We did it. A whole season of a show. Ooh, my goodness. Can't wait to do more. All right. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> all right. Well, till next time, everybody. Stay strange. To keep in touch and stay informed about upcoming Starcourt Study Hall episodes, follow us on Twitter at SSHPod and on Instagram at Starcourt Study Hall. <laughs>